Welcome to our joint venture between Mind Wars and the Awakening Podcast. You'll find Chris at mindwars.uk. I'm at awakeningpodcast.org. We're on Facebook, BitChute. Some of us are on YouTube and basically we're being shadow banned. So this is a call for help. I'm putting out videos and my Polish stuff can get 3,000 likes, views, and you can see the amount of people that have seen it. Sometimes I'm putting stuff out for the awakening and you'll see interaction is three or 10, which really shouldn't be possible because I've got 3,000 friends on Facebook. We're being shadow banned. So if you enjoy what you're listening to, please share with your friends. And the best way is, I mean, it might work for you on Facebook, but the best way is send it via WhatsApp or via Telegram message and just share with your friends because it really helps. So since I mentioned uh, some of us are on YouTube, I know we've discussed this before. Another, the exact same thing has happened again. Mine stayed up, yours didn't. And I saw the message, Chris. Yeah, it's uh, another week, uh, another episode of mine being banned. Well, ours is the same. It's the same episode I've done. But for some reason, they leave up yours, YouTube. But they're, they're notorious for taking mine down uh, within hours. Um, so, yeah, I appealed it like I did last time. And of course, there's no actual answer you get. It's just a generic uh, template they just send back to you saying, yeah, sorry, mind wires. We still think you uh, violated our you know, community guidelines, which can be subjective to anything these days. So it is the big tech giants in Silicon Valley. We know they're, they have no interest in freedom of speech or at that because that, and we, we said and it was, you know, was factual, was truth, was for people to think about stuff. Um, and it's, it's taken down again. So I'm pretty, on my, pretty much on my last legs as far as uh, YouTube goes. So yeah, because no, no love lost, not really bothered either way on YouTube. So all I'd say to people is that if you are following me or anything like that, is to please go to my BitChute um, and subscribe to my BitChute because I still see there are people uh, on a daily basis, an extra subscriber here, an extra subscriber there on YouTube, but it's only a matter of time. I mean, they said one more basically episode and that goes up, which is pretty much another podcast of ours maybe that goes up or one of my own, I interview somebody else, is gone. Um, regardless of anything nearly you're going to say because it's so subjective so God only knows what they're going to come up with next um, or else if I wait until after the 1st of March then apparently one or two of the the ticks go off my uh, go off my YouTube account and it means then I get a bit more of a chance but I mean yeah well, I'm going to just stall my YouTube account for a couple of months and, and wait till things go, go back so-called normal again which they're going to hype it up even more over the next couple of months um, they've talked about anybody talking about vaccines of course again or you know 5G all the usual terminology stuff like if you're just having a discussion like it doesn't have to be got to relate, relate to conspiracy theories just a discussion on these things alone um, you're labelled anti-vax so and the majority they're not anti-vax at all you know it's just we're trying to put out inf- information for people here everything's a freedom of choice it should be like so here's information and stuff and then you do what you want to with the information there's no coercing the public like the British and countries around the world are trying to coerce the public into getting all these uh, vaccines and not showing you the dangers of them. So, like unlike governments and uh, all these health organizations ramming it down your throat and enforcing it, all we're doing is we're giving you information. And if you think we're quackers, we we're, we give links as well to show where we're getting our research. But it's easy. You just go away, go to DuckDuckGo or Brave.com. Keep away from Google. And you find out who the liars are in, uh, in stop trusting the government. And yeah, we've, we've a few things this week to discuss on that. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. It seems like the last couple of episodes has been vaccine after vaccine, but it's today we'll talk about stuff with Pfizer because of how relevant it is. And um, 
being in the UK here as well at the moment, you know, unfortunately the first country in the world um, to get the go ahead for the rollout of the, the Pfizer uh, forward slash BioNTech uh, vaccine. So, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Like, you know, they've, they've got this go ahead, rush it through emergency laws um, without any scrutiny whatsoever. And if, you know, even the last thing they had to basically bypass the other day was the MHRA, which we spoke about the MHRA a couple of podcasts ago, and uh, which basically stands here for in England, the Medicine and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency. And what they are basically is where they are seeking an AI software tool. Um, and I even uh, wrote out a quote from them a couple of weeks ago. I have it here in front of me again. And um, basically says the MHRA, they're urgently uh, seeking AI software tool to process the expected high volume of COVID-19 vaccine adverse drug reactions. And they also say that in the document, um, the MHRA describes an extreme urgency on the regulation 32 brackets to brackets C related to the release of a COVID-19 vaccine and says that the expected flood of COVID-19 um, adverse reactions will overwhelm its current legacy systems. So that says it in itself. Um, they're already expecting massive amounts of um, adverse you know, side effects, um, deaths, all sorts of stuff on the public. Um, so they know this. They've already applied for this um, in, in previous um, weeks gone by to get this kind of a system because, as I said, they're going to be overwhelmed with a flood of adverse um, reactions, side effects to all this, these drugs that are basically coming out. And it's, it's expected because, I mean, it's been never before has a, has a vaccine been rushed out in the space of, what, eight, nine months or so? Um, it's insanity like, and it's jumped through all the every obstacle that any other vaccine would have had procedure that would have had to go through in the past the animal testing, the normal, the proper trials, uh, everything has just basically been rushed out. This has never been tested before on uh, on humankind, this, this, this vaccine. So, this is like it's like a guinea pig, and the people are going to be for this vaccine to see um, how it actually fares out or how it actually works out. Um, and I have a little article actually. After I mentioned MHRA side of things, um, only in the last couple of days, the uh, UK government over here have said, and I'll read out a small clip here from an article. I'll leave the link in the description below as well. But um, it said, the UK government has granted pharmaceutical uh, giant Pfizer a legal indemnity protecting it from being sued, enabling its coronavirus vaccine to be rolled out across the country as early as next week. The Department of Health and Social Care has confirmed the company has been given an indemnity protecting it from legal action as a result of any problems with the vaccine. Ministers have also changed the law in recent weeks to give new protections to companies such as Pfizer, giving them immunity from being sued by patients in the event of any complications. So they already know it's going to be huge, huge complications and they're basically covering all their arses already. It also says, just the last part says, the NHS staff providing the vaccine as well as the manufacturers of the drug are also protected by this uh, new law. And finally, the, the Pfizer uh, vaccine was authorized by the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, i.e. the MHRA, which we just uh, spoke about, under the Regulation 174 of the Human Medicine Regulations 2012, which allows an unlicensed medication to be used in an emergency, such as a pandemic. <laughs> and as me oh, and you both know, of course, of course, yeah. As me and you both know, there is no pandemic. There never was a pandemic. Um, you know, we even look at, uh, there's another link actually this week in the, the Mail Online. They actually said that um, the hospital beds this year have been far emptier. So they basically, they've thousands, for this time last year, and compared to this time as we're speaking now, there's been actually thousands more of beds in the hospitals in England alone, uh, more vacant than this time uh, than last year. So 
how does that add up in a so-called pandemic situation where, you know, the hospitals are supposed to be overwhelmed? That's all you hear here in England. They're going to be overwhelmed. We need to break the NHS. So, um, you know, get your vaccine, keep your social distance, wear a mask, do all the other nonsense stuff that they want you to actually do with no scientific backing behind it whatsoever and coercing the public into something. So this is the, the scenario you're, you're kind of up against um, day by day and they're never showing the dangers or or anything it's just like pushing it down your throat and like, like we we discussed even last week with the we gave a car analogy imagine you know going into the into a car shop and buying, buying your car you pay over the money he gives you the keys and he goes just as you're walking out again i'll just let you know there's no warranty in that i'm not standing over that so basically if that airbag or if the the brakes fall apart as you're as you're going out the gate or a week later don't bother coming back to me because there is no comeback the government have basically you know um made sure that i can have no comeback you can't sue me so you can't go any further with it. So, you know, you're taking your risk at. I think the, and I think the first thing you would say is kind of go, hold on a second. I'm de- there's your keys, but I'm definitely not taking a car with you. And your body obviously is completely different um, than a car. But it's just a, a sort of analogy you can put together. You wouldn't do it for a car. So why would you do it for your body? No, exactly. And like you're mentioning about the hospitals there. Just today, a friend of mine, he was saying that yesterday, his father was actually told that he is stage four lung cancer because people are afraid to go to the hospital they're not getting diagnosed earlier and what do they want to do they want to ram you know chemotherapy down these people and they're ready to roll that out straight away which you know like everything is about the money there is lots of natural remedies for cancer but yet people even diet special diets but yet the industry doesn't want you to know and it's all hidden and it's a shame because there are so many people they've been conditioned to believe, to trust the hospitals and trust the doctors and trust the medical systems. And then they go down and go down this chemotherapy route. And I know even children that have done it and like children tend to fare better than, than adults, but is is a terrible way of trying to so-called cure cancer. And like basically this guy, uh, his mother had dementia. He hasn't seen his mother for five weeks so like it made me think if you have a child in the hospital at the moment because of this pandemic the whole lot is orchestrated i mean we're we're promoting dolores's cattle and ivor commons which are giving the exact figures it's not us just you know regurgitating this but how does a poor child react when they can't see their parents for some for months at this stage if they're going through an illness it is disgraceful and my dad, he, he's gone into the hospital just yesterday. Last week, he's actually bleeding blood, heavy tar, tar-like blood, so it was bad. And he went into the hospital last week, they just sent him home and said, yeah, there's like a, a six-month waiting list to, to get the, you know, the, the scan on it. And my mom went to the doctor yesterday and said, look, he's very bad. And the surgeon said that he can't believe that they actually sent him home. So, like, they're just... You know, they're not alone people in the door. My dad is also saying that he's freezing there. And I've heard that from other people. So they have the temperature really low. What does that actually um, make happen? People get colds and flus, which is basically the COVID thing. So the hospital is actually freezing at the moment. And I've noticed that as well in one of the shopping centers there. Like blown cold air down to me in this time of the year. And you're like, what, what's going on? And like the whole lot is actually orchestrated. And... You know, like even like with Ireland, you know, the with Stephen Donnelly, we 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 seen something with that uh, recently. You know, just 
what, you you have the article on that, yeah? Just. Yeah, so I it came across it. You, you actually sent me an article from the Irish Times, and actually the night before I had uh, watched as a, a great guy, an Irish guy called Dave Cullen uh, from Computing Forever, and I'll leave a link to his video down below, which he actually compares the two articles, um, the Irish Times. One was an article about 24 hours previous to it, and then the next one came out, say, the following day, for example, and it had, you know, it looks like for like, but unless you went down through it, um, you would see there was a lot of paragraphs different and a lot, one or two paragraphs left out, which they're entitled to, you know, edit and so on and so on. But the interesting part was they left out one very, very important article. They didn't put onto the new version of it. They had it in the old version and for whatever reason, they took it off the new version. They didn't want the Irish public to, to see it for some reason, which is very important if you're basically, people, for people who are thinking of getting this vaccine. And the part, just what I spoke about in the UK situation, this is a universal thing worldwide, what they're doing. They've done it in America years ago um, and loads of places as well. But, the old Irish Times article and the paragraph they took out was it basically was Mr. Donnelly also confirmed that the state had indemnified drug companies against any liabilities arising from complications with the vaccine. So you have to ask yourself, why is that taken out? And number one, why is it taken out of the article? And, and number two, why are they allowing um, drug companies um, and basically pushing this vaccine drugs on us? But yet the drug companies get a get out of jail free card it's like you can stay producing whatever you want and you know we'll just basically lay it out in the public if there's any complications later we you know we'll deal with that down the line and this is a completely new vaccine mrna vaccine that's never been done on, on the public uh, before so nobody knows no call specialist or anybody knows for years to come the long-term effects of these and um, is going to be massively disastrous to what it's going to be but but um they're basically covering all these people's uh, arses and pushing it on the public so it's madness why they would uh, um, take out stuff, that, stuff like that and hide it from the public. But as I say, it's a universal thing worldwide. Ireland, England, loads of countries, they're all doing they're this. All doing they're all promoting it for, you know, so basically they're looking after the, the drug pushers. They're not looking after no, the public. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, you know, if you look at the mafia, it's actually the pharmaceutical industry. And this Stephen Donnelly, uh, I remember, he, I don't know, was he with another small party or was he an independent? But he used to be totally fighting Fianna Foil at one stage and then all of a sudden he became a party member with him so he has voted for the vulture funds basically to kick people out of their houses he voted for the the, the nunnery where they were hiding the bodies for 30 years so whatever kickback this guy has got he's basically he doesn't care about the public so how he's actually in office is beyond me and you're on about uh, the English um, Institute if you look at the FDA which is you know the the American Institute, and I think they're all kind of related because they all kind of watch what's going on. That's funded by the pharmaceutical industry. I don't know what percent, it's more than 50%. So isn't that a vested interest? I mean, who basically decides that this is safe is actually the people that are funding them. Do you think they're going to say, no, we want to prove these different things? It is, you know, it's hard to fathom that that is actually the, the situation. It should be a total separate entity, nothing to do with them. It should be basically to control them, but it's not. You know, they're all in bed with each other. Exactly, 100% true. Everton is all conflicts of interest time and time again. Even the last couple of episodes, we tore the arse out of Sage, how they're all connected here in England itself as well. And even what I spoke earlier um, was about MHRA. I mean, if you go back about three years ago on the gov.uk website, I think it was published on the 15th of December 2017, that MHRA, they'd done a partnership deal to the tune of £980,000 with who, of course? Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the World Health Organization. So, I mean, time and time again, Everton is tied back to conflicts of interest and people 
every time. I mean, I, I, it's hard to even not do an episode without mentioning Bill Gates. He's just tied into everything and the World Health Organization. They're all the one thing, basically, colluding together um, with each other. But I think Pfizer obviously been the topical situation of this week. There's a, a great video that... Um, that a crowd under called the Mirror Project. I mean, and I could be here for ages actually going through all the, the criminalities that this Pfizer company has actually done over the over the decades. But I'll actually leave a link for people in the description below and I'd advise people strongly that are listening on Spotify or, or, or watching the video, wherever it is, to please go down and click on that link and look for yourself at all the payouts that basically Pfizer has to do over the decades for all the criminal acts that they've basically done. Massive amounts of stuff. But as I say, I'll be here forever trying to read it out. But just go click on the link. It's definitely worth uh, looking through it. If people are on the fence and they're considering getting the vaccine or they're not sure about it, take a look at this and make up your mind after that. And also what I want to play now is actually a short video for people as well on Pfizer itself and see what, make up their own mind on it and see what they think. The vaccine is coming out soon. I won't be talking about it, but I will tell you about the company behind it. The UK government has purchased 30 million doses of COVID mRNA vaccine from a company called Pfizer. The vaccine is due to be delivered in November, with the potential of 100 million doses by the end of the year and 1.3 billion doses next year. News just out. Pfizer says it could be ready to apply for emergency use authorization for its COVID-19 vaccine candidate by late November. It won't be mandatory at the beginning, but judging from the large orders, a gradual plan will be implemented to persuade and incentivize people to take the vaccine and put restrictions on people that don't, along with shaming campaigns. I want to tell them that their decision, they need to understand, will not affect only their lives, which at the end of the day, it is their uh, judgment, but will affect the lives of others. Because if they don't vaccinate, they will become the weak link that will allow this virus to replicate. Some will say that this is conspiracy theory. So let's just stick to the facts. The government trusted Pfizer to vaccinate the British people. So it's logical to want to inquire into the company's track record in safety and ethics. After all, they must be trustworthy in fighting for humanity, right? Pfizer made itself one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world by purchasing its competitors and through aggressive marketing tactics. What I'm about to tell you is only 20% of their rap sheet, otherwise this video would be hours long. But you can go to our website where you can see the full list. Pfizer received the biggest criminal fine in US history as part of a $2.3 billion settlement with federal prosecutors for mispromoting medicines and for paying kickbacks to compliant doctors. Pfizer pleaded guilty to misbranding the painkiller Bextra by promoting the drug for uses that were not approved by medical regulators. In the 90s, they were involved in defective heart valves that led to the deaths of more than 100 people. The company had deliberately misled regulators about the hazards. The company agreed to pay $10.75 million to settle Justice Department charges. Pfizer also had a class action suit with a $60 million settlement over Resilin, diabetes medication that resulted in patients dying from acute liver failure said to be caused by the drug. In the UK, 
They have been fined nearly £90 million by the UK's competition watchdog for unfair pricing to the NHS after hiking up the cost of an anti-epilepsy drug by 2,500%, charging the taxpayer an extra £48 million than the actual price, which is £2 million per year. Buying competitors and mis-selling drugs weren't the only factors in making them the giant of a company they are. Their special relations with doctors and medical professionals has also helped. In 2004, Pfizer's subsidiary agreed to pay $430 million to resolve criminal charges that it paid physicians to prescribe its epilepsy drug, Neurontin, to patients with ailments for which the medication was not approved. In 2010, a federal jury found that Pfizer committed racketeering fraud in its marketing of the drug. Pfizer disclosed that during a six-month period the previous year, it had paid $20 million to some 4,500 doctors and other medical professionals for speaking on the company's behalf. 2012, the US Securities and Exchange Commission announced that it had reached a $45 million settlement with Pfizer to resolve charges that its subsidiaries had bribed overseas doctors and other healthcare professionals to increase foreign sales. But some of you might say they are a business and they don't get to make billions a year by not being competitive. They're still trying to help humanity. Pfizer was sued in a US federal court by Nigerian families who accused the company of testing a dangerous new antibiotic called Troven on children without parents' consent and using their children as human guinea pigs. A panel of medical experts concluded that Pfizer had violated international law and the company agreed to pay $75 million to settle the lawsuits in Nigerian courts. The US case was settled for an undisclosed amount. Amid widespread criticism of high pricing for poor countries, and in particular, AIDS medications, Pfizer offered to donate a two-year supply of its drug, Diflucan, worth $50 million to the South African government. Yet in 2003, Pfizer backed away from the company's plan to license its AIDS drug for low-cost distribution in poor countries. The list goes on. I don't want to bore you with it. But ask yourself, if it was a car manufacturer, would you buy a car from them? We plan to honor our history and we will only bring to the world a vaccine that has been proven safe and efficacious. If Pfizer is trustworthy enough to be given one of the keys to vaccinate the population with something that was knocked up in a few months and with such a track record for safety and ethics, I know what I think. Do you? Yeah, so basically after taking a look at that video there now, or for people listening, you can listen to the video as well. You don't actually need to see it. But uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, on Pfizer now? Um, that's what I'll say to you. It says, look, we're here about freedom of choice. Like as Rice said earlier, we're not here for pushing stuff down your throat or doing anything like that at all. We're basically here. Here's information. You make up your own choice, your own mind in it. Um, but do, it's, we're totally against mandatory stuff. Stuff that's forced down your neck is a total no-no. People have to have freedom of choice. It's 100%. Freedom of speech, freedom of all this kind of stuff is what we need moving forward. But these dictatorships and, and governments coercing the, the public and, and pushing drug companies you know, in their pockets, colluding with each other, to push this on the public. They're not looking out for the public. They're looking out for their, their own pockets and, and the drug companies have massive, massive pull on all the situation. So that's that at the moment. But I also thought there was a, another interesting... Um, clip of people as well was he's making the rounds this week i i believe it's it's nearly gone viral i think everybody or a lot of people have seen at this stage anyways the sir john bell 
Um, and Sir John Bell is a guy that's basically, he's involved in so many boards, this and boards that anyway, you, you can check him out. But basically he's on the, the vaccine task force um, here in England. Um, so he's with Chief uh, Whitty and, you know, Valance and all these people as well. He's all congregated with those guys. So he actually said an, an interesting thing on an episode with uh, Jon Snow. It's, it's only about two and a half minutes long in the video. Now, I'll let people make up their own minds. It's, it's also worth saying that uh, this guy has also been on the Science um, Advisory Committee with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So he's still there. You can, you can check that out in the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and all that. He's still there. So course another, another tie again once more to uh bill gates but i let people think what they want to i know my opinion and what he has said around uh, a little over halfway through the video um as he talks to it and people who can actually see it visually will see the presenter's reaction he pretty much covers his mouth and he's like holy shit did you actually just say that on tv because you see he actually tries to interrupt and then he pulls back again the presenter's like oh maybe i'll say nothing and then he you know the episode finishes like you know half a minute or so later uh, but it's, it's interesting what he says about the sterilization um, on the vaccines and stuff like that. And if it, if it is, uh, what I think it is, um, that is nothing new. That's, that's been done years ago. So, and these people generally don't mince their words. So if he had a cock up on something, he would generally kind of go, oh, I meant this or I meant that instead. They generally don't mince their words. So um, he said as plain as day, but um, we won't go down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole. We'll let people make up their own minds for it. But as I say, sterilization of stuff would be nothing new. It's been done years and years ago in, in many countries through Gates vaccines. It's been done before as well, um, where over it's been done to many women over there. And independent studies, I've, I've actually done it. If people want to check it out, and the first video I did was called Twins of Evil on my BitChute channel. You can check it out on that, where I actually go through that um, in it. And of course, that one was actually banned uh, on YouTube uh, again. So, <laughs> yeah, at least so, you're consistent, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you know, you're 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 generally you're hitting uh, you're hitting the right points. If YouTube are banning yours, it must be something for people to actually listen to. So if you want to check out that video, I'll leave it in links below. They can check it out for themselves, and it basically just goes on about um. Uh, Bill Gates, the WHO, and Ted Ross Adam, Adam, the director general of it. But the part I'm talking about for this particular clip is where independent studies was done on these women and, and, and the vaccines and so on and so on. And the WHO denied for ages um, that no, there was no sterilizations, there was nothing in it, there was no sterile stuff in it, blah, 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 whatever. But eventually they had to give in and they said against their will, and they pretty much, yeah, yeah, actually there was. And we've been actually doing it for the last 10 years. So. <laughs> You know, to deny something, I didn't realize, well, actually, yeah, we were, we've just been doing it for the last 10 years. So let you make up your minds on this. Here it is. This, this extraordinary creature, whatever we call it, this pandemic is, is caused by something which is evolving all the time, surely. Yeah, so um, th these viruses are pretty tricky for the immune system. They've got lots of methods to avoid the immune system. They don't mutate as fast as influenza, though. The mutation rate in this virus is pretty slow. But the intensity of your immune response is not so great for this virus. So in many ways, the, I think the observation made by the previous speaker is right. We're probably going to need a seasonal coronavirus vaccine that we all have every year to give us protection. And that may change with mutations. but. This isn't a this isn't a very variable virus, and uh, and I suspect it may stay the same for some years before we need to change it. And finally, Sir John, the question everybody's asking you: When, when, when will it be? When can I have one? <laughs> yeah. So, as you may have spotted, there's a wide range of views on this subject. Um, I, I. 
I'm, I'm hopeful we're going to start to get a readout uh, early in the autumn as to whether this thing works or not. A lot of this depends on the intensity of infection. So in order to get a readout, you have to have a certain number of incident cases in the control vaccine population. And that then tells you that you can look at the real vaccinated population and see whether they've been protected. So I'm, I'm hoping that's going to happen pretty smartly this autumn. But then don't forget, there, these vaccines are unlikely to completely sterilize a population. They're very likely to have an effect which works in a percentage, say 60 or 70 percent. We'll have to look quite carefully and the regulators will have to look quite carefully to make sure that it's done what we need it to do before it gets approved. So there will be a delay between the outcome of the trial and a decision whether it can be approved as a vaccine. Uh, and of course, anything that happens... Professor Sir John Bell. Yeah. Uh, can I'm I sorry, just I didn't say, mean to cut you right uh, off like that. Uh, can I just say that yeah. anything that happens to undermine the legitimacy of regulators to make independent decisions is, in my view, profoundly unhelpful. Professor Sir John Bell, thank you very much indeed for joining us. So, as you can see from that video, anyway, you can make up your own minds, in this, like we're saying. But moving on from that, you have something to mention, Roy, about the Freemasons. Yeah, I just saw an article in uh, The Guardian. They're actually having a, a shop where they're selling stuff from the Freemasons. And uh, it's just something, you know, it's supposed to be the secret organization. And I know that a lot of people weren't aware of what they were doing. There's some, like, there's all different ones. There's the Skull and Bones and the, the Bohemian Grove. There's, there's loads of different organizations. But the thing to be aware of is most of the presidents, I think, I'm not sure about Trump, but most of them, they've all been through the Freemasons. So it's like they orchestrate who's actually going to be leading the country and a lot of the stuff that's going on. It's all organized. And I know they go through some kind of strange rigmaroles. You know, they, I'm go, I'll go deeper into it because I don't know, are people ready for this? But they go into some strange rituals, even actually as you're getting up to different levels. But the fact that they have a you know, a shop now selling their stuff is, it's like they're trying to tell people about it. Of course, and the, the work in symbolism and all this kind of stuff. And it's a, it's a men's only club. And, and like you're saying, I mean, that deserves a whole podcast on itself to go on rabbit hole of the Freemasons. Um, there's all different ranking as, as you go up um, through the organization as well. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't recommend them. They're not, definitely not an, a good organization that you want to be involved in, but they are big and they get to have a lot of say in different things with these secret societies and these satanic groups around the world. They're all colluding and, and involved in, in stuff. But it's interesting that the article, the Guardian are showing uh, stuff in the Freemason and, and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, <laughs> not good, but I say that can be another episode to go down the rabbit hole with yeah, the Freemasons alone. I actually alone. have yeah. a chapter of it in my book yeah. so I can go through it in detail. Yeah. But I think today we want to try and keep it you know, to the half hour or so. So we don't want to go too deep into it, but definitely maybe next week we'll, we'll tell a bit more about the Freemasons and the other groups. Exactly. exactly. But there's, just, there's two other points I just want to, to finish on then is basically, um, you know, they're saying that this vaccine is a silver bullet. Well, like we've been saying all along that, you know, it's never about, um, it's never basically, well, what it was basically about was control. It's about the vaccine. It was never about flattening the curve, they're saying, and all that. I mean, there's many, many other things been going on, rabbit hole on, but today we don't have long, long enough to today to basically go down all that uh, area of it. 
but it's interesting because people think well if i get the vaccine well then that means i'm, I'm sort of free again like you know I, I can throw away the mask i can don't have to social distance well that was never the plan either that has to continue on for a long long time um regardless if you if you get the vaccine or not so it's interesting because even a guy a small quote i have here from a guy this week on a bbc article um he's actually from the world health organization dr dave nabarro and he says Pfizer vaccine would not replace other measures, he says, for a number of months, even a year. So we'll have to keep doing physical distancing, mask wearing, hygiene, and isolating ourselves when we're sick. All right. So that's what he says. Now, this is a universal thing kind of going around worldwide because it's actually a guy this week in England, um, Professor um, Van Tam. And he's also said pretty much that, you know, this isn't going away and um, it's going to almost turn like a, a yearly thing, almost like a, a flu uh, correlation. He's trying to trying to make it out to be that it's going to, that's what's going to continue. COVID-19 is going to be with us. You know, it'll be COVID-20, COVID-21. It'll kind of go on and go on as, as time goes by. But there's a little uh, minute video on him as well. It's interesting and kind of frightening at the same time what he actually thinks, regardless of the, you know, you get the vaccine, that's not the end of the road. You still have to do all the other procedures. And, you know, if you want your freedoms, it's pretty much he's saying it's emotional blackmail that we would advise is pretty much you get the vaccine or else, you know, you won't get the so-called freedoms that, um, that you might want. So have a listen to this video. Number one, I don't think we're going to eradicate coronavirus ever. I think it's going to be with humankind forever. Um, secondly, I think we may get to a point where coronavirus becomes a seasonal problem. I don't want to draw too many parallels with flu, but possibly that is the kind of way we would learn to live with it. And the third point is, do I think there will come a big moment where we kind of, you know, have a massive party and throw on masks and hand sanitizer and say, that's it, it's behind us, like the end of the war? No, I don't. I think those kind of habits that we've learned from that clearly stop the spread of other respiratory viruses, such as flu, will perhaps persist for many years. And that, that may be a good thing if they do. So uh, like a lot of people in March, they were told, all right, wear your masks, you know, go into lockdown for two, three weeks, all will be grand. Uh, what we're in December now, is it grand? So this is basically... If you listen to that video and just know from other sources, they have no intention of giving you rights back. It's slowly taking them away. So you need to listen. If you believe that you just stand on the fence and go, ah, there's nothing I can do, you're wrong. The more people that you share these things with and just have the conversations and agree not to comply. Just for example, in Poland, the masks, like they brought in, when you're walking around, you have to wear the masks and there's like a 10... It's nearly 10,000 euro, it's 30,000 is a lot, it's fine. So, I mean, I can't go against that because no matter what you do, they'll just, they'll just they'll take it from your account and everything. But what I started doing is just making sure it's just on the mug because I breathe through the nose anyway. So nobody said that. And I, lately, I'm just wearing it on my chin. And I'm intentionally, I'm going into the post office, I'm going into the supermarket, waiting for somebody to pull me on it. It has yet to happen. Nobody is pulling me. So once they see something, so if you are forced to wear it, one, I would suggest just wear it on your mouth because you're breathing in all the toxins. And the other thing is I am seeing people wearing masks and from a distance, I can see how dirty they are. I'd say there's some people wearing the same mask from March and 
that is going to actually cause an infection. So just to be very careful of that. But if you have to, because I know sometimes the reason we're complaining is because the police will either pepper spray you, batter you, or give you a fine. Just put it on your mouth first and then start doing it on your chin. And I've got a funny one where it's a guy's mouth and a beard. It's kind of like, you know, not complain when you're, you know, you know they're going to take it out of your pocket. But the best thing is talk to your friends. I know there's um, in one of the schools in Cork, there's two people standing now outside of the, the school just telling people the dangers of injections. Why can't you do that? Why can't you just get out? Because, you know, there's so many people that are on social media. As I mentioned at the start, we're being knocked. Chris is getting slapped left, right and centre. He's got a red face now from being slapped with, with YouTube. I mean, the fact that they're actually telling you, hey, put anything else up. It's a disgrace. It's pathetic, to be honest, because we see what goes up there. There's, you know, there's some really terrible stuff that's, that's allowed to stay up there. So, like... I mean, all I say is please share this with, 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 with your friends. It, it is it, like we're doing this out of the goodness of our heart. Do you think we'd be doing this for, you know, we, we've other things we could be doing. We know how critical it is. We don't want our freedoms to be taken away. You know, we're, we're really fighting for this, but we need, we need some help as well. So if you can actually share with your friends, you know, and pass it around. I'm not sure if you have something else there, Chris. To... Oh, well, just, just as you mentioned mass and stuff, that as I've seen a, a girl this week, she's another great one on uh, bit shoot and stuff like that. She's called Amazing Polly. And um, she went, she's in Canada and she went into her local store and to buy, buy a few bits and pieces and they refused her entry because she's wearing no mask. So she basically went back to the car and she had a, you can see those old American uh, brown paper bags and she had holes cut out of it. And she literally put it over her head like that, and like stuck it over her head. And at the back of the, the actual mask itself or the, the brown paper bag, she had basically saying that, you know, COVID, something along the lines of COVID-19 is a hawker. It's all being planned, blah, blah, blah. So when, she's, when I'm standing in the line, she says, all these people behind me are reading the back of my head. So tell, I'm telling them actually what's actually going on. <laughs> and she actually got let into the store. So she, she said, they said, yeah, that's okay. It's, it's, it's not ideal, but it's, it's you know, it's, it covers your face and that's kind of it. So the whole thing is nonsense. And just for other people as well, is that even in Ireland, I've seen it mooted in the last couple of days as well, was that they're talking slowly about um, introducing the masks as in, you know, like if in Poland and other countries as well, once you leave your house, that's it. They want it on straight away. It's kind of like the old, um, you ever hear the old analogy basically, you know, putting the frog into the, into the boiling water, that slow burn effect. And that's what they're doing on the public. So it's, regardless of the vaccine or you take it or not, uh, this, these measures still have to kind of continue on. As I said, you heard from the video of Van Time, he said months for years, even possibly like, you know, the WHO are saying this. So a lot of these is a universal thing worldwide are kind of saying um, that we need to, to have this consistently moving forward. This could be the way forward. <laughs> Yeah, no, but that's that's and all I want. Even with the with the stuff uh, like non-essential clothing, like I've seen it in Ireland, we've seen it in the UK, where they're covering up a load of clothes. I saw recently Costco in the US, basically loads of oils covered up because they're saying non-essential. Yet Jeff Bezos, Amazon, you know his uh, his value has gone through the roof because he can, you know, his people inside in the store can work away. The people in Walmart can walk, work away, and that's all okay. And there was a guy in the UK in Tesco's because Tesco's covered it up as well. And I'm not saying that Tesco's are the problem because if it's the stupid governments that are actually imposing these rules by doing what they're told by higher powers. But a guy went in basically just in his underpants and a pair of shoes, and he wasn't allowed it. And he was basically saying, "Why you're telling me clothes are non-essential items?" So, and I applaud people that are doing things like that because things like that go viral and they're just kind of getting the message out. So, you know, be bold, 
and you know don't get in trouble don't attack anybody do things you know intelligently but make sure that uh, you know get the message out because the more people that are aware yeah we have power in numbers and knowledge is power exactly and and similarly there was a guy i believe in wales that done something similar as well to that in uh, in one of the big uh food stores or chains over over here wales in, in england and um the other thing about wales just to round off last thing to say today is that they've actually come out in the last couple of days said that in wales itself if you're going once you get your vaccine or so now you'll have you'll have a card so now you'll be able to you know allow access to go into different areas or what they haven't fully unfolded as to what access or not access is just saying you know the government is here clever now they're kind of saying oh we're, we're not we're not going to get these you know passport immunity cards and all this kind of stuff it's basically you it's down to maybe shops and stuff if they're required for you going in, you know, well, that's kind of them. So the government are look, trying to make themselves almost look like the good guys. And, you know, well, we're staying out of it. But, you know, if you're denied access in the shop because you can't show this, you know, COVID-19 card that you've been um, tested or vaccinated, well, you know, you can't get in. They may say, oh, well, that's, that's their regulation. Nothing we can do about it. You know, they're kind of transferring onto the bloody shop owners as to what's going on. So that's uh, another talking point, but just for, for people to be aware of that as well as to, as to what's going on at the moment uh, moving forward. So that's pretty much all for this week. Okay. Listen, Chris, as always, it's been great. I look forward to chatting with you again next week. Same as. <laughs> so you'll find Chris on mindwars.uk. I'm on awakeningpodcast.org. We're on Facebook. We're on BitChute. We'd prefer BitChute than YouTube, to be honest with you. Please share with your friends. Tell people what's going on. And until next week, take care. See you then.